Hello, all. Welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubong, and today I have with me a very special guest, Jen Swift. Jen, how are you today? I'm pretty good, actually. I'm excited. Excellent. Excellent. So as the audience knows, you know, I always like to warm up our authors before we get on. So we had a really nice conversation. So we're hoping that that warms us up for these questions. So we'll get started right away <laughs> for you. Uh, Jennifer, what has your writing journey been like up until this point? Um, it, weird, I think. I don't know if I had the, the standard writing experience that everybody else We, we hear that a lot. We hear that a yeah, lot. <laughs> maybe there isn't a standard. I don't know if there is. I don't know if there is one at this point. <laughs> I, yeah, I think we just assume that there's some sort of way yeah, we're yeah. supposed to do it. But um, I got fired from a job um, like in 2012 and sort of went, well, I'm unemployed now. So I really need to fill my days with something. Um, and I had this idea from way back when. Um, and I just, I started writing it. And I didn't plan anything because I had really no idea what I was doing other than how to actually write words. Um, so I'd never written anything like a, anything before. Um, so I just went, okay, this is fine. Can totally do this. Um, we thought I'm going to have this whole story about getting onto the ship and going out into space and it's going to be epic. And then by the time I'd written the first book, they basically had only just got to this ship. And I'm going, this did not pan out like I expected it to. <laughs> no, that feeling. Yeah. So I think I think the journey is um it's a it's a strange one. I've gotten better since the first uh foray out into it, like 17 drafts later of the first oh, wow. book. Yeah. I think <laughs> I was so scared about putting something out into the world that wasn't good. Um and I was so paranoid. I think it took me like two solid years to write that book. Um, and again, that was back in 2012. It was a long time ago. And um, I see people now sort of bashing out books so quickly. Yeah. And they're going, in the last six months, I've published four books. And I'm going, how? I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I've written two in like <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> Maybe I'm not doing as well. <laughs> but no, I'm getting, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's been a weird one. It's interesting that you you mentioned drafts and my wife last night we were at dinner and then we're walking and I'm like she goes tomorrow's the day right because I set a week aside for my to do my second draft after first draft edits and um, I was like yep tomorrow's the day <laughs> you know and <laughs> like I promised myself you know and I'm just like dreading it today because I'm just like I've never had to do a draft two before so I definitely know that feeling and she asked me like how many yeah. drafts are you gonna do I'm like I don't know I'm like Mallory Poon told me she did 26 for um, you know, among thieves and, but everybody's loving it, you know? So I'm yeah. like, maybe, maybe it's 30, maybe we shelve it for 10 years and come back to it. Like, uh, so I just think it's funny that you said that, you know, you had that many, cause I definitely know that feeling, especially with, you know, book one. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I mean, yeah, I think all my, all my, everything I've ever written um, since starting novels has been just draft after draft after draft, because the first one I read somewhere once and it was the best piece of advice I ever got for finishing a book. And it was every day, Monday to Friday, write 1500 words, no more, no less. But the caveat is you are not allowed to go back and read anything that you've written previously. You just have to write your 1500 words from the last sentence you were up to. And when you get to a good stopping point around that 1500, you stop. So there's no self-editing. You don't spend half your time going back and, and checking things. And you just keep writing. And I did that and I got to the end and I left it a week so I could come back to it with fresh eyes. I started reading it again a week later and I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> like, because it's something I wrote like a week earlier. I hadn't yeah, gone yeah. back and read, so I completely yeah. forgot. But it meant that I kept adding things in that I wouldn't normally have added in there. Um, and I got to go back and go, actually, I'm going to, I can fill this in and I can make this connect over here. And 
and it made for a more interesting book um but it was the only thing that actually got me to finish it because I, I don't have the um organizational skills in my brain to make me just sit down and, and write all day like I find that so difficult sometimes um so having that target was really good but yeah it just when you when you first read it after that oh, I just read so badly yeah <laughs> you're going I spelled it like what yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where, where's all these red wavy lines coming <laughs> from it's so funny that you say that because I like my friend asked me, goes, what's the number? Because he threw it back at me after we got done recording this. So he goes, what's the number one advice you would give? So I said the same thing because that's the only way that I finished my, you know, I've, I have 20, oh my gosh, like five or six, 20 to 25,000, you know, word drafts. And I got lost because I kept trying to edit. So I think that is very, very valuable advice. Um, yeah. Because that's the only thing that, that helped me. But then people ask me like, can I read draft one? I'm like, no, because it's three different books. So I, I definitely agree with you. I, I did things at the beginning that I didn't do in the middle. Because like, I yeah. was getting better and yeah, and I was deciding not to edit. And then I'm like, well, I just had to edit draft two just to actually now be, you know, at the end, what I was thinking yeah. the product was going to be. So I, I totally agree. I think that's very, very valuable advice. So yeah, like no book is finished. When you, when, because I see a lot as well, um, I'm part of a couple of Facebook groups for um, authors and you see a lot of people posting the picture and like, just finish writing. It says the end of celebrating and then like a finish. And I'm going, oh, <laughs> yeah. Little do you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit further to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and no, I think the process, I do actually enjoy the process. I pretty I act like it's such hard work, but <laughs> I because I get to I know because I get to reread um these stories and I sometimes have forgotten what's going on. So when it comes to editing, like I mean, I'm halfway, well, I say I'm halfway, I'm very nearly finished with the third book of the series oh, now. Cool. I know. Um and when it comes to editing that, it means I'm going to go back and read the first book and then read the second book and then read what I've got of the third book and then start the edit on it. It's a big process, but it gives me the chance to go back and revisit this little world that I built, um, which I think is really important. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, as, as people, when you write something, you are building your own world. And those little characters that live in there are kind of your friends. It sounds really sad, but, they, you know, they oh, a very intimate know, relationship. Yeah, you know them better than anybody else knows them. Yeah, yeah. And so getting to go back and revisit it multiple times is, is a wonderful thing. I love it. No, I, I totally agree. My friend um, was talking about, like, they're, they're my kids, you know? Like, I created yeah. them, and I, you know, try to nurture them. He goes, sometimes I screw them over because that's the story. But, you know, he goes, I still care about them. You know, I still want, yeah. you know, what's best for them in the story. So, yeah. Like, we make some harsh decisions with the people <laughs> that we care about. I I don't want to ruin anybody's hopes for my first debut, but I am so mean. Like I I get done, I'm just like I was like saying my wife, I was like I don't know if I should go to like therapy or like you know like, like or if I need you know I don't know what I need, but I'm like I, I feel you? bad, you know, like I feel bad, but like I do I do tell people that I'm like you know I I I don't know like I love Cobra Kai on you know on Netflix, yes. and they have such great redemption arts and. Yeah. I was watching the last season, season three, and I'm so excited for season four. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, more than anything, I was like, I think people will like that I have redemption arts. And you're thinking like, how, how, how after book one, you know, like how, how are these horrible people going to get redeemed? And then, you know, like, that's like the whole theme. Um, Yeah. As mean as I am, I think by the end, people will be like, oh, he's actually a good guy, but I I can. Yeah. You've got to knock him right down before you can bring him back up. Like they've got to hit the lowest of the low. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, there's no story, right? I mean, <laughs> exactly. I think that's just the human condition, you know? Like, yeah. 
I, I torture, I kill, I do all the <laughs> terrible things that you're not allowed to do in real life. Yeah, yeah. To these people that I care about. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's hard to explain to people, you know, like you're an yeah. author and like, like, what do you do? And you're like, that's what one of my friends said. was tired of, uh, she was tired of telling people that. And she's like, she said that. She's like, well, I torture, I name, I kill people, you know? Like, they were like, like what? And she's like, oh, I'm an author. And, you know, she's like, I'm just talking about what I'm doing to my characters right now. And they're like, what are you talking about? But then you talk to another author, they're like, yeah, I get you, you know? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> pretty typical. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I definitely understand that one. Uh, so this kind of gets me into, you had already talked a little bit about it, so I'm really glad. Uh, which element do you think is the hardest for you to write in terms of science fiction? Um, like, is it, is it the technology? Is it the trying to, you know, pretend like we're in the future? People have answered well, this a little bit differently each time, but. So I live, I mean, mainly I live in a fantasy world anyway. Um, my, my brain functions as a fantasy brain. <laughs> I find it very difficult to focus on real life things because it's real life and it's boring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think this is why we write. Um, yeah, yeah. Because we have these, these insane worlds in our, in our heads. Um, the thing I think I find more, I'm not, I can't even speak anymore. The thing, <laughs> the thing that is the most difficult is trying to come up with uh, tech that's not already either in our world that I don't know about yet because I'm not scientifically minded <laughs> or you come up with something like that's a genius idea and then you watch an episode of Star Trek from 10 years yeah, ago and they're yeah. doing it already and you're like oh so that was already in there wasn't it, it was in my brain <laughs> <laughs> just saved it for later yeah, yeah. Um, leftovers so yeah I think yeah <laughs> and, that, and that's my big problem because I watched so much science fiction when I was a kid and right through my teenage years like sci-fi raised me from Star Trek to Red Dwarf and all of the oh, interviews. Red Dwarf. Oh, it's so good. And then, but then you're writing and things start happening, and, and you're like, this is great. I've come up with a really good. Oh, wait, no, I think they did that on Star Trek. <laughs> but I'm just going to have to delete that. <laughs> but but it, it's such a huge influence um, that it's really hard to switch your brain off from that stuff because it's stuff that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, I think I've tried to honor science fiction in that way. And I think it works. I think it works. Because that's, that's the thing for me. If you come up with something completely different every time, it doesn't always fit in the genre anymore. Yeah, no, totally. Um, there's, there's a lot of sort of, I guess, tropes that go with science fiction. And I do like to hit them because I have a lot of respect for them. And yeah, I think yeah. that that's what makes science fiction good. That's what makes it nostalgic for me. Yeah. Um, when I read books that sort of harken back to the, the days of original Trek and it's, it's cheesier, but it's great. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I think he just made so many good points there. So it's hard to dissect them. But um, <laughs> yeah, I do just keep going all at once. Uh, and then it's like done. That's fine because it gives me more to talk about. But I think you're totally right. <laughs> like anytime you see a Han Solo, Hotshot Pilot, Battlestar Galactica, Red Dwarf, yeah, any of those, like I'm like, okay, I'm in. You know, like you got me, yeah. you know, or or the <laughs> Bounty Hunter, you know. Yeah, I'm like, like Mondo was so incredible to me because it is like, I like that type of gruff bounty hunter. It was remind me of the wild west, you know, like John Wayne, more like Clint Eastwood, you know, like those westerns. And I just, yeah. And then when Gina Carano came out there, just like swinging, I was like, oh, that's awesome. It reminded me of Princess Leia, you know, because I don't think people give her enough credit, you know, like she literally from day, like the first minute she's on screen, you know, like like she's shooting stormtroopers and you know, like she's she's there, you know, her presence is there. Yeah. So I definitely think you're right. Like people and I we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago in a private chat, I um, mean, some authors and. Um, Mallory Quinn and I talked about too like people come for the tropes for fantasy and sci-fi so yeah you know, and the tech or and I think it's cool that you know you you said you you know you have you know different roots and you like to show them and I do that same thing I I, I actually literally write certain things 
I'll use certain names, you know, that might be from, you know, certain things, not like maybe yeah. the main character, but secondary characters, you know, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I find those fun. Like I find yeah. those so much fun. And then I look up and I'm like, you know, my interview like this and the author's like, yeah, I did this because I'm like, that's so cool that I recognize that. And yeah. So I definitely think that's a, a really cool idea is put little Easter yeah. eggs in there. Yeah. I mean, I literally, I named a character that was a, a, a nothing character in the first book that has somehow become like this massive character through the series and and I named them their surname came from a tv show I used to watch um when I was younger it's a British tv show can't actually remember the name of it but I just remember there was a guy he was a doctor and he was called Ben Harper and Mm. I thought I really like the name Harper so I'm gonna have that because I want people to know that I love that show or I used um so I I use surnames from shows that I like uh so there was um there's a character called Underwood Oh, um, cool! That literally comes from the stand, and how much I adore Stephen King. Yeah, um, yeah. not maybe not the new TV series as much. Yeah, yeah. Talk about a good book, though. <laughs> oh my god, I I read it when I was nine, and it was it was the biggest book I'd ever read because before then it was Goosebumps. Oh and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I gave the stand a try because my mum had been watching the miniseries and it looked good. Um, and I'd gone on holiday with my great auntie Joyce and we'd found this book and I'm like sure my mum would let me read it yeah <laughs> nine. and then I think I read I, I devoured that book in a weekend oh, and wow. that was my all-time favorite the stand is just top-notch for me I don't know how I've gotten to my favorite books now <laughs> where, 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 what were we talking about that's fine that's what I said meandering is is part of the journey so I mean Tol- <laughs> Tolkien said it best right <laughs> they're oh, back yeah. again so <laughs> we'll get there eventually no, I'm I think that's Lord of the Rings as well. <laughs> whole separate, whole separate one. Uh, we talked whole about doing that. We talked about doing panels. Um, so just coming on and doing episodes, just doing panels for people that want to talk about Tolkien or you know or, or different things. Oh so I we'll have to have. I could do it for Star Trek, but I warn you now, oh, I will rant. Star Trek, Star Trek, would, is fun too. I I can do Trek panels, but I will rant because <laughs> I get really angry about certain aspects of Star that's Trek. Right. Well, I think a lot of people do. Like I, you know, there's certain things that. Sorry, guys, quick uh, quick preview from our Star Trek panel. Um, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, 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 let's do this, come on. There's okay. like certain things that, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to ruin a few people because um, I know I have some things we're going to talk about later here in some other interviews. But uh, yeah, I definitely, I guess I'll say I definitely agree with you and I'm really anxious to see your thoughts on them later because I, I'm wondering if we have the same same issues with it, so. I hope so. I yeah. like sharing issues <laughs> yeah. with people. Well, it's like Star Trek, you know, I was trying to explain to somebody like, you know, like, um, I like a lot, a, a very wide range of sci-fi, but you know, when I had seen your Twitter um, and then checked out your books on Amazon, I was like, oh, that's just so much more what I want. And, you know, I, there's just, there's only so much military sci-fi and I know people are going to kill me for saying, there's only so much military sci-fi that you can go through, you know, like I'm, and it's like fantasy. Like I was so tired of the same old, same old. And like, I want a story that's unique like that, you know, that really has, you know, still those, you know, science fiction elements, but you know, that looks from a different perspective and a different issue and actually has a yeah. different story because there's so much in science fiction that you're just like, oh my gosh, if they go to Mars one more time, like I will die, you know, or, yeah. you know, or whatever. I, mean, and that, I think that was the original aim um, when, when I, when I sort of came up with the, the, the later concept, the original concept was very different. <laughs> when I came with the later concept, um, it was very much, I liked the idea of having your you know, your Starfleet type thing where you've got your captains and you've got your commanders and your lieutenants and whatnot. Um, but how would that look to someone who wasn't a part of it? Yeah. Um, 
because yeah it's, it's all well and good that they all get to leave um but there's still a bunch of people that are having to fight to get on this ship you know they're not part of the the crew particularly they're not rich enough to buy a place so they are literally they are the outsiders now yeah. um and how does the world look from their perspective was one that i thought would be an interesting way to look at it and i, I i'm gonna say that I, th- I find that like a similar interesting idea because i think like starship troopers is one of those right where you get the grunts you know and i think yeah. that's why people relate to it is you know yeah. you you know and that's the only way for them to get you know out of their country or off planet, you know, is to, to join the military. And I think so many people related to that concept. So I think it's, you know, the same for your books that so many people can relate to that story, you know, because they can't afford, you know, to go here or X, Y, and Z, if that were the case. And I think, um, you know, you guys both bring up a very good point, you know, of this, you know, this existential crisis that we're seeing that it's, you know, maybe that's not a normal thing that people talk about in sci-fi, but it's a normal thing that people deal with every day. So I think yeah, it's cool it's to, you know. It's important. I mean, yeah. you've got, I think the very premise of the story is that you are going to die if you if you don't escape. Yeah. Like, that is just the crux of it. Maybe not today and maybe not tomorrow, but this is your last chance to get off this planet. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to die here. And it's, it's the idea of how far are you actually willing to go to do that? And I think that's something that people explore quite a lot these days. Like how far are you willing to go to, to protect yourself and your family? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I had a conversation with a couple of people recently and you know my buddy my best friend and I talk about this all the time like we have our zombie apocalypse planned down to a T you know mm-hmm. and like yeah you know what I mean and like um mm-hmm. you know and then we have our secondary it's just it's just fun for us you know because we're writers and we love stories yeah. and you know it's he's a huge Walking Dead fan I'm more of a <laughs> fantasy fan I guess you could say um yeah you know or sci-fi like I just I think it's interesting to talk about that because it gets me in the mind of my characters and things you know like well what would they do like same thing like if they're in this you know this hard situation like what are you willing to do and I just I think it's funny like Red Dawn we always compared it to like Red Dawn you know and like mm. the kids go right to like the Walmart uh you know or whatever like the hunt you know to get hunting rifles things like that and then they kind of leave and um there were a couple I totally feel so bad I'm gonna blank on the Netflix movie but um it was so good there was like it was like what would happen it was basically like Red Dawn with aliens so it was like this group of people that are in Australia and there's like this group of like rugby players on this professional team and like like literally during their game, all of a sudden, like Earth gets like taken over by aliens. And it was a great movie. And I was like, it, it brought together like so many, you know, like you said earlier, like nostalgic memories from Red Dawn. Yeah. But then yeah. it was like in a new way. And I mean, it was like really good. And I'm going to have to like look it up now so I can put it in the uh, show description. But uh, I'll send it to you. <laughs> it was really good though. But it's like the same yeah. type of thing, you know, like using these um, tough situations to really say like, what, what, what would you really do in this situation? So I think that's a really cool concept. Yeah, it's, I do enjoy exploring that. Uh, so you kind of talked a little bit about, so how did you come up with this idea for your book uh, in terms of like the arc specifically? Well, um, <laughs> so, okay, there was this time I was with my friend um, and it was, I think I was about 18 years old. Um, so it's quite young compared to where I am now. <laughs> and um, we were just hanging out. He was an artist. Um, I, we were just hanging out in his, in his room and we'd had a couple of drinks. And we like to obviously talk about insane ideas. And uh, he came up with this with this thing for like a YouTube video. And how cool would it be if you focused on these two people who were a part of a crew who were really bad at what they did. And um, they got put on like a little mini ship and sent out to check the whole outside of the ship and make sure everything's okay. But when they did that, 
And while they were out there, this ship crashes and, and, and you're just the only two left. And we built this entire solar system for it. There was all these different types of planets. That's cool. Um, and it is, it is so far removed from what the books actually became. But the original idea would never have come about had we not have sat there and drawn all this stuff out. Because originally, the whole story was meant to be they, they're going to get on this ship and there's going to be all these crazy things happening. And there's just going to be these two people who are really terrible at everything they do. It was a comedy. We, we thought it'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, very Red Dwarf-esque. As it turns out, I can't write comedy. I, I don't know how. <laughs> I, I tried. It was terrible. Um, and it suddenly became a more serious look at sci-fi when I, when I sat down to actually put this idea on paper. Um, and it went through so many different iterations. I mean, we'd had a script written for a pilot TV series. We tried oh, cool. all different ways of getting these ideas down um, before I finally sat there and went, do you know what? This is the only way I'm actually going to get this out of my brain um, because it's been tormenting me for years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you just can't stop thinking about it though. No, Because yeah. th this whole idea that you've got these characters and you spend so long sort of building them up and, and who are they and how, why are they called that? And, what are they doing? What's their purpose? And it was nice to get to a point now where they've almost reached the end of their journey. And, um, and I know them now. They're not just riding around in my head anymore. I don't have to remember that information all the time because it's written down now. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was, that was the biggest relief of, of writing. But yeah, the idea came God, so long ago and it was so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if I could, uh, name the number of ideas I've had while drinking with my buddies <laughs> and then the next day started writing them <laughs> it's crazy isn't it I mean there was one night we decided to put the world to rights and we, we wrote down everything um we came up with the, the most amazing plan to fix the planet oh that's and, cool uh, yeah and I woke up the next day and it was just a piece of paper with scribbles <laughs> but we'd read this to each other like I'd written stuff down and I read it back and I'm looking at going, this isn't even words <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you guys just yeah, created, created a new language at the same time. I think we did, yeah. <laughs> Fomorian or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's so funny that you said that because, like, I, I was having, I was, I had, so I've been doing my fantasy world now since I was probably like fourteen. I read Forgotten Realms and I started to do Forgotten Realms and I switched it and I added some things and I was like, oh, I'll do my own. But then, man, I think I was probably, I don't even know, remember what it was really, but it was probably like. 20 like 7 or 28 and my buddy and I were all hanging out and it's everybody and you know we were at the bonfire and I'm drinking and he's talking to me and we got to talking philosophically about like basically like light versus dark and yin and yang and all these things and all of a sudden the next day I woke up and I was like oh my god I was like that's what my you know fantasy world is missing and it turned into this huge philosophical debate within the whole thing now and then I got all these ideas so I told him the next day I was like yeah I was like you just like saved my entire fantasy world by bringing up this he's like well that had nothing to do with that I go but it does in this world now you know and yeah. I just think it's funny the kind of ideas that you can come up with so yeah, <laughs> now everybody's gonna go once grab you some start spitballing with someone else <laughs> yeah 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 and once someone else starts getting involved you can you can make something really spectacular because yeah, yeah there are certain things in this third book that I don't know how to write because I've never experienced them mm. um, and I've never really spent a lot of time researching them but I have a friend who is a bit of a buff in that area um, and has spent decades of his life researching that kind of thing. And we sat in a room um, literally about two weeks ago and I told him the whole concept from start to finish for this trilogy. 
I told him every every aspect. This character does this. This one does this. These are friends. These hate each other. And then I, I got him up to the point where I was at, and I'm like, so go. <laughs> like, how does this work now? Sort of, how do I do this? And he's going, well, you need this here and this here. There's got to be something there. There's got to be a reason for that. And I'm going, okay, yeah, no, no, this is great. This is great. Keep going, keep going. Um, but it put me in a position where I could literally point by point plan the final section of, of the trilogy. And uh, I'd already planned it out. And then when I replanned it and I looked at it again, I was like, this is so much better. Yeah. This is going to be the best thing I've ever written of anything. I'm really excited. I'm not even written it yet. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> Halfway cool. through. Yeah, so yeah. excited to get it finished. Well, that's yeah. awesome. I do think it's important too to, to let people know, like I, you know, like I do that all the time. I'm like, I want to do this for urban fantasy, but I need somebody who knows Native American, you know, mythology and religion. And I haven't met that yeah. person yet. So I'm like, well, I'll shove that idea. And then I yeah. got this one idea where, you know, I really, I'm really actively looking for a, um, a, a Roman military historian um, so that I can, I don't even care if I, I told people, I'm like, tell them, like, I don't even care if, you know, they want to be co-author. Like, I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I just want to be able to get this idea and it needs to be authentic for, you know, yeah. historical fantasy and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important. I think you bring up a really good point. You know, it's like, if you need help, like find it, you know, there's plenty of people out there, you know, that, that want to talk about those kind of things or, you know, want to, yeah. you know, they get the same thing from that conversation that, you know, that we do, you know, even if it's not, if, even if they're not an author, you know, and, you know, I think that's, that's a really important, you know, thing is to be able to find resources and people, you know, and there's, there's plenty yeah. out there, but. Well, he's, he's, he, he enjoyed the conversation to the point where he now wants to help. Um, Cause I've got another series planned. I know. Oh, cool. And uh, it's more of a fantasy series, this one. Oh, I, cool. I like to delve in both, but I like the idea of, um, if you think super futuristic world, but still with a basis in fantasy. So you've still got Kings, Queens, Elves. Or oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but hyper fantasy yeah. and hyper sci-fi. So I think the most I can liken it to is like Asgard. Um, really old style world, yeah. old clothing, like the, 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 the high fantasy stuff, but with super technological stuff hanging out. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. So Oh, I good. totally do. Yeah, it's going to be, but because it's going to be an epic thing as well um he's he wants to get involved in that I'm like yeah please come on board yeah <laughs> I, could, I could use your expertise after what yeah. you just did and, and yeah, come <laughs> on board that's cool well it's like um you know he-man like masters of the universe like I was just um you know watching the one of the newer cartoons that was like brilliant by the way um, um there's like a newer one that's a little more kiddish but one of them was like for the adult fans from back in the day and I mean this it's just been brilliant um and I was thinking about that same thing. Cause I'm like, I love Asgard. I love, you know, He-Man, Master Universe, you know, like this. I'm like, why do they have swords if they're, you know, have all this high tech stuff, you know, but like, I don't know. I just, I think it's really cool. And yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think there needs to be more out there. I think, honestly, I was telling my buddy, I said, we had a conversation about that. I said, I think that's going to be one of those things in the future, you know, like it's going to be like yeah. its own genre, you know, it's gonna be like, yeah, like the melding of the two, which I, I think you, know, you get all helps. the best parts. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel helps because it's really gotten people into the idea of um, technology and magic mixing yeah, together, yeah. Um, which is basically what have sort of sci-fi and fantasy represent. Um, and Marvel have sort of smushed it together in a way that's really nice. Yeah. So you can watch sort of Doctor Strange and get into the whole world of magic and, and sorcery and it's old and they're wearing robes and they've got all dusty tomes and they're reading them and it's amazing. But then you've got Iron Man, who's in a literal suit of technology, yeah. and they they mash together, and it's amazing. 
And no, I think that solid. that concept needs to be spread now. More yeah, people yeah. need it. It's yeah. got to be. It's amazing. Best concept in the world. Yeah, yeah. I love Marvel. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> well, it's like, um, you know, like Warhammer. Um, my buddy and I were talking about that. And um, like I talked about making another series for sci-fi, but like making him, I don't want to give anything away for my book, but like, <laughs> you know, like I t- talked about, you know, doing what um, like Brandon Sanderson did and like going to a point in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought how, I was thinking the same thing. I thought, how cool would that be to do like a, you know, a more magical version of Warhammer? Um, you know, and we're like, you literally have like the same classes, everything like, you know, you still yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, but what, what would happen if, I just think that idea is cool. Like, you know, like you take those fantasy elements, but then, you know, like connect them with the sci-fi ones. And it's like, you just get such, you know, such cool things that you can do with it. And yeah, yeah, I think it'd be really cool in the future if, you know, yeah, it melded more together and could explore, cause you're exploring different concepts, you know, like, yeah. like completely different themes. Um, you know, maybe some older ones that are updated a little bit more. So, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you have your, your standard fantasy sort of trope of going on a big epic journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the world's a much smaller place when you've got all this technology. So how does that look now? Yeah. Yeah you know what what's what's changed how does that trope fit into both yeah yeah well i'm gonna uh, definitely recommend for you and some other people uh the game um the board game blackstone keep so it's warhammer blackstone keep they do such a great job of combining the f- traditional D elements for fantasy but you have the tech and you have this um you know updated science uh fiction you know mythology and mythos and it, that's the game that really got me thinking like, oh, this would be really, so I started working a little bit, you know, um, on stuff like that, but I highly recommend it for anybody in our audience. It's, it's just a fabulous game. And it's, I, cause I was like, I'm not really into science fiction board games. You know, like, let's just play path. It was my, my Pathfinder group. I'm like, let's just play Pathfinder. And then we started playing. My friend was like, no, give it a chance, you know? And, you know, yeah. it's more of a, a board game rather than role-playing, but there's a lot of role-playing that you can do. And, and ended up like, you know, have cool characters and really like the mystery behind like what you're trying to do was really cool. And I thought, man, this would make such a good like TV show or yeah. you know, it really got me thinking about those concepts, but I think you'd really enjoy it. It was, it was really good. Well, I mean, we're playing, um, I think the last sort of four years, four years now, maybe three years we've done Rifts, Palladium Rifts. Oh, I see. I want to play that so bad. And we, we just haven't gotten so, there. So it is completely unbalanced. It's the most ridiculous concept. Um, <laughs> And again, because I enjoy the melding of, um, of technology and, and magic, I went techno wizard. So oh, I can cool. build all the technology I want and then I can put the spells in it. Oh, so that's really cool. I like, because again, I love that element, but I, I DM is homebrewed the, the world. Oh, and I'm awesome. really getting off topic now. Um, no, that's good. Go ahead. <laughs> you, um, the, 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 the whole thing behind it is that the game is massively unbalanced. You have like normal damage that humans could take and then you've got like mega damage that these mega creatures could take and i am a normal creature i can take normal damage and all of the people in my group are mega damage and so a hundred hit like normal hit points for me is one hit point for them which means that all the bad guys that we fight are mega damage creatures so if they hit me once (laughs) i will die (laughs) it's like super super intense every time I've got like 18 layers of magical armor just to make sure I don't constantly die. Oh, that's awesome. But it's such a good game. I absolutely adore it. And he, he brings in elements of everything. So we've got Elf as a class, um, but he wanted to make it a bit more um, in-depth. So he brought it in as an Eldar. Now, oh, I've never played cool. Warhammer, but it let me sort of learn more about the Eldar themselves. I think if I ever did play Warhammer, it'd probably be Eldar now. Yeah. Um, because I know a lot more about them than I used to. And 
and I like that concept of of bringing in just things from everywhere because when you stick to the books and only the books you don't you don't get as much out of it yeah, when yeah. You're bringing things from everywhere like he's full of easter eggs he's the easter egg guy he had a big oh, land cool. snake monster called the Kobayashi Maru and he, my friends were like oh well, let's kill it and I'm like no no this is this is unwinnable yeah, it, yeah. It means we run you guys yeah, yeah. listen to what he's saying yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah my friend was talking to me about that game and we we unfortunately the pandemic you know it's just been like crazy yeah. I feel like and I said it was like this summer we need to you know you need to get more back to those types of games because I get so many ideas from those types of games and mm. you know and you're in the moment and you have to make decisions and you know because I was talking to my kids about I was like why you know like so we're doing like you know slavery unit and stuff before civil war I was like why was it that you know slave owners did not want slaves to read and one of my kids had such he's like you just get one idea and all of a sudden it just like catapults and I talked about like Harriet Beecher Stowe um, you know I read some of her work and um, she's got that one um, quote about being in a tight place and not giving up. And I told him, I said, I was at this one part in my life where I was just like, everything was going wrong. And I was like, I read that one quote, it's 28 words, 28 words changed my life, you know? And um, I talk about that all the time. One of the girls was like, well, it probably happens to you all the time in writing, right? I said, it happens all the time. You know, you, you hear one idea and all of a sudden you had this whole entire fantasy or sci-fi world or whatever. And I think it's just, I think games are really important. I think a lot of people forget about, you know, like yeah. the whole point of like if we were just talked about last week um with evan townsend and um talking about you know like actually having fun with writing so if you're not having fun with writing you should probably not be writing or not writing what you're writing and yeah. you know I, I think a lot of people are like for particularly for fantasy and sci-fi like whenever i'm having trouble we just go play a game you know and for whatever re- if, i don't know if it's turned my brain off or you know there's a new idea that pops up all of a sudden it's like something happens and you know it goes right back to it so i think that's a really important thing to bring up is that you know if you're struggling, like go play some games with your friends, you know, yeah. like not only are you not going to worry about your writing, you know, like you'll get some ideas and it'll jumble in there. And I, my friend said, you know, you can't turn off your writer's brain. Um, I totally agree with her. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. You can walk down the street and your brain narrates what you're doing in a writer's <laughs> way. And you're like, as she turned the corner and I'm like, mm-hmm. why brain? <laughs> why, why are you doing this? Why do you think this way? Yeah. Mine's always like if I see a broom or something and I have to pick it up and then, you know, like somebody's attacking me. So I have to like, you know, bam, bam, bam. And then attack. And then all of a sudden it's a fight scene. And my yeah, yeah, friend yeah. watched me a couple of weeks ago. He's like, you know, this is why I don't ask you to come help me clean out a garage. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, every time he's like, what scene was it this time? And I was like, well, I'm trying to figure out this one thing in my book. And he's just yeah, like rolls the, his eyes. Like The number of times people have walked in and I've been having a conversation with myself from the perspective oh, yeah. of two different characters. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, okay, so, you know, how, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm really good. <laughs> so that's not how it sounds in my book. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> someone's going to be like, Jenny, you're talking to yourself. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> thought it was weird. Googled it. Everybody does it. So oh, I'm yeah, yeah. better after that. Yeah, yeah. I do it all the time on the way to work. I, I might not do it like out loud, but like I'm listening, especially listening to music. Um, Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like the other day I was just getting going and my wife and I were on our way here and she was sleeping and I was listening to something and I was just like going through this whole, yeah, like this whole scene in my head. And I was like, oh, that's so much better. And then, you know, by the time we got here, it was like probably like 10 30 at night. And I was like, you know, jotting like notes yeah, down. I need, so I need, I need to do this. I need to yeah. do this. <laughs> <laughs> when it's there, it's there. But yeah, totally. Um, what has been the hardest part in terms of writing or marketing your first trilogy? Uh, marketing, 100%. 100%. It is so hard because as people who write, 
as writers in general, we have a skill set that is designed to create in world and the slow burn and really making things interesting and crafting these stories. And then someone all of a sudden says, right, okay, now, but do that in just one line. And I go, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, I need oh, at least yeah. sort of three pages to tell you what's going on here and make yeah. you want to read it. I can't, I can't do it in a line because my brain doesn't work that way. My brain works very much a, I, I need to be able to explain the different things. And so to somehow make like adverts and, and even things like interviews or tweets and things, and I, I, my brain goes, I don't know what to say when someone says, <laughs> so tell us about your book. And I'm going, okay, how long have you got? Yeah. We could be here a while because yeah. I'll tell you the whole thing from start to finish <laughs> and I won't know when to stop. Your <laughs> um, <laughs> marketing is, is difficult. I found some, because I mean, I'm self-published and I did go through the process of having a publisher for a while um, and it didn't work out. And I just, I didn't enjoy not having an, that level of control over my own work, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which is why I pulled away from them. And, and the, the covers as they are now is the rebranding as I've done it. Oh, cool. They're um, great. Thank you. I, I mean, it did take, it was, it's been a long time. It's had three different covers. <laughs> so like eight different versions on Amazon. Um, which has made the whole process even more complicated. Oh, it's yeah, got yeah. an audio book with the wrong cover that was done by the publisher that I, I can't have back. Mm. Um, and so the process has been very up and down, but reaching a point where you go, okay, I found someone that can do my cover art. And that's a big part of marketing is having a product people want to look at yeah. and go, ooh. Um, so, and that cost me a fortune. And then the professional editing, because you see a lot of self-published authors who write their book, self-edit, then publish. Yeah. And I can't get my head around the concept of doing that because I think if I'm going to put something out, it needs to be professional. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Needs, it needs to. I mean, I I wrote these myself and I don't deem myself to be like, you know, Jonathan Swift or William Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I am. I am. I just write novels about dystopian science fiction. So I need someone to look over them and say, actually, try doing this or let's change this bit or you've spelled these thousand words because that happens all the time um and and so you know finding a good copy editor and paying them a fortune to do that side of it and all of a sudden I've got no money left for marketing so then I have to rely on organic reach and then there's people talking about mailing lists and people talk about Amazon adverts and I'm going I don't understand any of this (laughs) it's too much um so I broke it down I've, I've I've simplified every aspect of it and I've gone okay so we'll get the covers first and then we'll, we'll, we'll get the, the editing. And then, I mean, I formatted these myself. I had to learn that as a skill. Um, they, then they got published. And then it was, how do I use Amazon ads? How do I use Facebook ads? Well, I just trolled Facebook for hours. And the more book ads I looked at, the more came up. And you, you quite quickly realize that there is this sort of theme to it. And there's this way of putting it across that make people want to click that link. Um, but then your Amazon landing page has to be perfect. So then I was in like five different Facebook groups posting blurbs and getting feedback. And I honestly, I think that was more difficult and more time consuming than the actual writing process itself. Oh, for sure. Um, I think the only thing I could say is if you're going to become a self-published author, you need to know that once the writing process has ended, the marketing process has barely even yeah. You have a world of work ahead of you to get a professional product, which is going to be lost in a sea of all sorts. And you need to really show people that this is yours and right, raise it up higher. It's got to be better than everyone else's, which is how my brain works, yeah. um, <laughs> which is a lot of pressure. 
but yeah the marketing side of things it's it's impossible i hate it i'm learning yeah begrudgingly <laughs> yeah well somebody and i was talking about you know we were talking about the advertising and i think my dollar fletcher had him on a couple weeks ago and him and i talked on twitter here and there and he was like yeah you know when he was in a private conversation before we started talking about you know the actual um before we started recording but he had made it it was like a great quote he's like you know when you know, you, you write your book and you think all these things and it's like 1% of the work is done. He goes, then the marketing and actually selling it and getting people and getting people to read it is like the rest of it. And that's 99% of it. And I'm just like, that is so true. It's the iceberg effect, right? You think it's, you, yeah. know, you see it and it's like, you don't see the rest of it. And that's yeah. why I keep trying to tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, trying, which I actually didn't realize that, um, you know, if you, so I asked my wife for a Kindle for Christmas. I usually don't like them. Um, I like to read paperback, but I had found out that, you know, you guys make 70% more are some crazy number on, you know, mm. uh, a Kindle mm-hmm. read than paperback. So I was always thinking, oh, paperback, there's more blah, blah, blah. So I, and I like those, but I'm like, well, I was like, well, I'll just do that, you know, and then, you know, get them. And then eventually if I really like them, you know, I'll just, you know, pay for the paperback as well or something like that, or, yeah. you know, for friends or something. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, cause I was trying to explain to somebody they're like, oh, writing is so easy. And I'm like, really, really, <laughs> really so expensive <laughs> yeah I was like really I was like um so what books have you written <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I was like and because they like DNF'd and then gave this I was like first of all you DNF like we're, we're, we're like social media friends we're not really anymore because of this but uh this drives me crazy where you know he DNF'd and then um left a really horrible one-star review and I'm like you you didn't finish the book dude like and he goes what do you mean I'm like I, I was like it's fine to put if you didn't like it and why I'm like but you know, I'm like, this person spent so much time, energy and money into this and you didn't, didn't finish, didn't finish. You know, I said, what, you got 40% way through the book and then left a horrible review. I was mm-hmm. like, that's not cool. You know, like, I'm like, it already shows on there that you DNF, you know, I'm like, you don't have to yeah. leave a horrible review. You know, it's, I'm like, it's like, you know, kicking somebody when they're down. And I was just yeah. trying to explain to him, you know, the iceberg effect that, you know, then after he's like, oh, blah, blah. And he got to hold me. He's like, oh yeah, I switched that. You know, well, I'm thinking like, you have no idea, you know, like, but then, you know, people won't do that for like mom and pop joints, you know, for businesses, but they'll do it, you know, and I'm not saying you can't leave a bad business, review. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not saying you can't leave a bad review, but like, I just think that personally, if you didn't finish a book, it's already on there, you know, like that is your review. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I think that's your review. Yeah. I think that it says, it says it all really, doesn't it? Yeah. I think um one of the one of the things that always gets me about the reviewing process um is that people will put a lower review based on um their idea of what they wanted versus what they got rather than I mean I I yeah I'm yeah. quite happy for people to review my book and go actually I found all these spelling mistakes and you know the the ending was too fast paced which is a feedback I get from the first one a lot the ending is very fast I know this it comes out of nowhere and suddenly the book's over um but it's when people will, will say things like, well, I didn't like that they did that. And I go, well, yeah, but they, but they had to do that because that was the, that was the story yeah. that, that was happening. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, yeah, like totally. difference between giving me, give me good feedback and, and, you know, genuine stuff that, that wasn't good. Um, but then when it's about character decisions and the, the direction that the book is going in, I'm sort of like, well, that's, that's the story. That's not going to change. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy that. Maybe yeah. there's other books out there for you. Um, and I, I always think that Amazon reviews should be very much more about the professional side of it. So does it look good? Is it formatted well? Is it edited well? Um, and does it read well? Yeah. Not the, 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 the story concept itself. 
please don't review me badly because you didn't like where the story went. Well, it's, review it's me it's badly because it's written really badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all over, right? Like these, like yeah, I, I, I didn't like that. This like because that's like Dirk Ashton has a famous DNF. Like a guy got to his second book and, um, you know, didn't like that a character died, and then they didn't finish the book, and it turns out that character didn't die. You know, and it's a very famous one. DNF to ninety seven percent. You know, and then left a like a one star review, and you're like why didn't she just finish it? And then you, you know, you yeah. would like, like you probably would have had way more, you know, cause you had way more on the line personally, probably it would have had a way better payoff, you know? And yeah. It's yeah. Like, it would have meant so much more to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, probably would have been I mean, his favorite book of all time, you know? Yeah. Like touch wood. I, I only have one, one star review so far, <laughs> but they Not didn't actually would... review it. They just uh. left the, they just left the star. So I'm like, but, but why, why didn't you like it? Please tell me. I want to know. That's even I worse. I think that's even worse than them tearing it apart for stupid reasons. Like, yeah, good. Or, uh, Did you just not like you know, me? <laughs> yeah, like, uh, cool can you camera. find me on TikTok? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's been some people, right? Is that they've actually, you know, have gone through with just people that they know and, you know, or whatever had a, you know, some sort of like interaction, you know. But I think, yeah, I just, yeah, I just think it's ridiculous. Like, I definitely, you know, wish that there were more and more, um, you know, I wish the reviews were tighter um, between Goodreads and Amazon because there's some I read and I'm like, and you know, I'm one of those people where I'm like, I don't care. Like if I know you as an author and I, you know, read your blurb and your product and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give that a, you know, a try. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't, I don't care about the reviews. I never look at reviews, yeah. honestly. I know some people do, you know, cause they're whatever. I'm like, if I love your cover, I love your blurb. I've talked to you. You're not a total a-hole, you know, like I will, I'll read your book and I'll review it. You know, I'll finish it yeah. to the end and I'll review it. And I'm one of those people where I'm like, even if I don't like it, I'll finish because, you know, there's some things that happen later where I've had books where I'm like, oh, okay. But then later on, I'm like, wow, this was like the best thing ever. And, um, you know, yeah. they, I think Malazan Book of the Fallen is one of the, the best ones for that. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm on page 800. I'm like, no. And then by the time I get a hundred pages later, I'm like, this is the greatest book of all time. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, I put all this time and energy into it, but, um, but yeah, like there are other books that, you know, I definitely feel that way. I, mean, I, don't know, I, just, I could be ranting all day on reviews and processes and stuff. I think that people need <laughs> yeah. to just do it better. But um, so we're running out of time just for the Spotify and things, but it's totally fine because you said you're going to come back later. So we can yeah. just um, I'll make a note for these other questions. Um, we can kind of go from there. Um, uh, but in terms of number nine, though, I want to make sure that we uh, get it out there. So do you have any promotions, contests, any news updates? You did say you were, you know, working on book three, uh, really like, what do you got going on before we let you go? Yeah. Today? Um, I do do giveaways, um, of, of books, uh, but I haven't done them for a little while, uh, cause I used to do them on TikTok quite a lot. Um, and then TikTok became very Marvel, uh, focused. So, um, my intention is once I get more merch again, because it was a lot of bookmark stickers and book like copies oh, cool. of the book. Um, so yeah, the idea is I'm going to do a big giveaway for when the third book's released, oh, cool. um, which will hopefully be early next year. Um, we have the cover. We nearly have the story. <laughs> we need <laughs> it finishing and a bit of editing. Um, but yeah, beginning of next year, that's going to happen. Oh, uh, cool. We're working on the audio book for The Prison, which is the second oh, book in the series um it's going to be narrated by the same lady that did the first book so the arc um but yeah that's 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 quite good um i am going to do a free book five day free books on amazon so you can download the prison for free uh which again it is the second book um and that's going to be when the third book drops oh awesome so 
I will be putting more information on Twitter, Twitter oh, cool. uh, and Facebook um, and probably TikTok as well. <laughs> Maybe Instagram if I can remember how to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully we're going back to conventions again next year as well for book oh, signings. Awesome. Um, mainly UK based because I can't really get over to the US at the minute. But yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Oh, that's super cool. Like, we sell like 10,000 copies, I'll come over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we're definitely having you back, um, you know, um, for a second part of season one. So that's exciting, you know, that yeah. you know, we'll, we'll get you on calendar wise on one of those times that works really good for, you know, promos and, um, you know, news updates, things like that. So that's really exciting. Uh, like I said, I'll just save those other couple of questions and we'll actually just start with those next time. Uh, yeah, that sounds like great. Said, we can kind of go from there. Um, really want to thank you for coming on our audience. Thank you so much for, you know, coming in, you know, checking out Jen Swift's books with us and, you know, having this time. Um, and I know you guys really enjoy, uh, the sci-fi. So we're trying to get more, you know, science fiction authors on here. i that's been a lot of people like, where are the science fiction authors? I'm like, they just so happen that they're all at the end of the season one. <laughs> like, I'm just, here. <laughs> yeah. Here she is. Here is Jen. All right. We had a couple other people that are on this, you know, right before this. So this is kind of like sci-fi week really, which is kind of fun. Uh, for us, which was unintended, but uh, sometimes guys, you know, in the audience, it's just how calendars work out and stuff like that, um, you know, especially with COVID and stuff, but I promise we'll get Jen back on here in the future and more and more sci-fi authors. Uh, you can find this video on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, just look up uh, the Fanny sci uh, Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. You can actually look up anything for me too, Daniel Kubal, uh, for any of those, and I'm always sharing um, for both um, both of my accounts on Facebook, Twitter, on Instagram, um, everything for the show. Uh, so make sure you guys also email me at scholarsofuma at gmail.com. Um, we'll make sure once again, we'll get all of uh, Jen's, you know, all those socials and everything in there. So you can go ahead in the description um, for YouTube and Spotify and check those out. Um, and you can find her on Twitter, you know, Facebook, those kinds of places. So make sure you guys go, you know, give her a follow, some likes and start chatting up the books and things like that. Um, if you guys have not had a second though, please, please, please go check out her books um, in the description right now. Um, as soon as I saw him, Jen, I was like, yep. <laughs> um, so I've been waiting for my Kindle. Uh, so, but I'm like so excited for, for next month to, to get those going. So be, I can't wait to hear what you think. Of oh man. I I'm like my friend, we were talking about, you know, I said, I sent, you know, book one to him, um, you know, the description and blurb and stuff. And so we're actually, we're actually, I was waiting because we're actually trying to see if, um, uh, we might be doing like science fiction, uh, month. Uh, for book club is to take a break from fantasy. So um, I'm trying to wait for him, but I told him, I was like, I don't think I can wait because I'm kind of uh, <laughs> fantasied out right now and I need yeah. more sci-fi in my life. So <laughs> I got you covered. I got you yeah, covered. <laughs> definitely high up on my list right now for science fiction. So awesome. Well, we really want again, you know, Jen, thank you for coming on. I really look forward to, you know, asking you some more of these questions in the future, uh, particularly, you know, once, uh, you know, book three gets about and uh, hopefully we can help you with that whole process of, you know, you know, on the red carpet and unveiling it and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, definitely. Perfect. All right. Well, we really want to thank you again for coming on. Hope you have a great rest of the day. And I look forward thank to you. talking to you on Twitter and I'll be sending you information for our next round of interviews with you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. Anytime, anytime, anytime you want to come talk about Star Trek or science fiction awesome. or anything, just let me know. Yeah, okay? one man here. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We have a good rest of the day and I will talk to you later. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.